All right. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Fabulous, right? Absolutely. Before we go any further, can we give Jesus Christ just the greatest hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. Amen. Man, we all have reason to give him Thanksgiving. That's for sure. And uh, but we want to welcome you guys to church today. All of those that are here with us in the building, those who are watching us online. Welcome, as well as those in the parking lot and the radio. We're just so grateful to have each one of you. Now, I <clears throat> you got to understand my mind goes everywhere at all times. All right. And so while Miss Margie, our children's pastor, is presenting that great message, by the way, about the toilet paper. All right. My mind is thinking one thing. I think it's on the roll wrong. Anybody else think that? Am I the only insane person? Right. And I thought about it and I go, I'm certain, I think. You see how I just tied that in with our title of our new sermon series, all right? I'm certain, I think. And uh, so I'm really excited about getting involved with this with you this morning. And I tell you what, have you ever had something happen in your life that in the moment was extremely like terrifying, but then a few moments later or a day or so later, you look back and you're like, a sigh of relief. Anybody ever been there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm gonna give you a story this week. Something tragic to blessing kind of happened for me, okay? Now, I'm a very healthy person, at least I think I am, right? Tom Derrickson might have something else to say because I've not been to the gym as frequently as I should. But anyway, um, this week, I, I wasn't feeling the best and I haven't been feeling the best for a couple of weeks. Don't worry, it's not COVID, all right? Nothing like that. No worries. <clears throat> and I went to go see a doctor. And this doctor, you know, looks at me and says, well, I can't really do anything for you. I need you to go and get a scan. So, you know, instantly I, I leave and, and uh, I've, I've, I was able to get into a place. And this was all on Wednesday. All right. Look, think about this time frame for a second for me. All right. Wednesdays are extremely busy days for me. And uh, so I'm going to blame my mother-in-law for this because she's the one that pushed me to go to the doctor. So anyway, so she's not here in the first service. She'll be in the second. So, so I, go, I go to the doctor and they're like, you know what? We can't do nothing for you. You need to go and, and let's rule out all the big things. And so let's go get a scan. Absolutely. So anyway, so I go off and I go get my scan. And, you know, the, the lady's like, you know, this will just be a few minutes and, and you'll be in and out of here. You know, we're just going through the motions of everything. You're going to be great to go. And I'm like, absolutely. Right. And uh, so they, they put me into this big machine. And uh, next thing, you know, a couple minutes go by and a couple minutes go by and a couple minutes go by. And I'm going, this, this isn't sounding so routine anymore. And then I hear on the speaker, Mr. Stanley, I'll be with you in a few minutes. And I'm like, uh oh, you know, we've got a pause here. You know, anytime there's a pause in something that's supposed to be really routine, something's not going quite right. So anyway, so, so she comes back in. She's like, we got a couple more scans to do. And, and then she, she brings me out of this massive tube thing. And she says, um, we, we, we got to do some other things. There's something we've seen. And I'm going, what, 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 are we, what, I need more definition here, right? Like you got to, and then she's sticking me. She can't find my veins, right? So she's sticking me. And uh, so I go back into this machine and they do a couple more scans and I come out. And uh, so I'm, I'm off, right? I'm going, going home. This is at like 5.45 in the evening. We got church at seven o'clock. Okay, I'm like an hour away. 
And uh, so I'm, I'm driving back and my phone rings and it's the results of my scan. How many know that that's usually probably not the greatest sign, right? The moment, you know, you're just there, you're getting, so, look, y'all are looking so serious. I'm not serious right now. There must be a good outcome to this, okay? So anyway, so, so you know, I get this, um, this, 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 so, you know, re, whatever, results. And it's, it's, it's a little, little shady, you know, a little, little shaky and nothing life-threatening or nothing like that, but definitely life-altering potentially. And uh, so, you know, instantly in my mind, when I hang up the phone, everything you could imagine is going through my head. You know, like everything that I used to think was extremely important, that list shrunk instantly and drastically. I mean, everything came to a narrow, like, shoot, in just a few moments. And for the next, I think it was like something like 18 hours. You know, my family, me, we were just like, oh my gosh, what in the world is going on? World just kind of flipped upside down. Until I get another phone call that says, Mr. Stanley, don't worry about it. You're fine. You've probably had this for the, like, since you were a child. And, you know, we'll just monitor and all this stuff. I, I, I say that to say how quick things can change within our lives. But more importantly, the things that you think are important sometimes drastically change when the pressure hits. Now, I want to talk to you today about provision. All right. Let's define that first. It's providing or supplying of something, especially of food or other necessities. Um, It's a measure or other means for meeting a need. What I want you to understand, and and actually what I would love for you to do to remind yourself all throughout, not only this message this morning, but this entire series, is this. What my thoughts of needs and necessities for life may be completely different than God's thoughts for my life. You know, we we have a lot of concerns in our lives. And, and, you know, because of that, you know, I, I have actually been concerned for you guys. Like concern for your faith, concern for your family, concern for your well-being, concern for your health, and more importantly, concern for your spiritual life. But what I want you to understand is that God has given us all throughout Scripture many promises. And the key promise that God has always given is that God will provide. That we should be able to eliminate any doubt within our faith as to whether or not God will provide in our lives. Now, as Christians, we have a tendency to say certain things. We have these lingo phrases, so to speak. For like, for instance, we will say things like, God is good. But then in the next breath, we will communicate our doubt in his goodness in the middle of a difficulty. We will say things, we reap what we sow. But then we will, we will sow bad what? Bad language, bad words, bad actions, bad thoughts. And those individuals will then what? Reap and harvest the result of those bad words, bad actions, bad thoughts, bad decisions. We have all probably said this one, right? right? God will provide. And I'm certain of it. But in our hearts, we will actually question it with a, I think. If there is a distance between what we say and what we are certain of, 
then this series is absolutely meant for you in your life. I know it's meant for me. I'm challenged in this. You see, <clears throat> I have the privilege to talk to many of you, many people all throughout the weeks. And, you know, it was funny. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday and uh, he, he's at times been in stressful positions, stressful jobs. And he could relate with me because this, this sometimes can be a stressful, stressful job, right? And um, he goes, you know, I bet sometimes when people come up to you, instantly you think this is going to be bad. Because 95% of the time, the conversation is usually not the most uplifting. And that is absolutely correct, right? But what happens is you'll come to me and, and, and you'll have a problem and you will say things like, but you know what, pastor, I know that God will provide. The thing that you don't see is what I see, and that's the expression on your face, your body language. It's actually questioning whether or not God will provide. And the problem is, is that you and I, we have a disconnect of what is actually coming out of our mouths and what we are actually believing in our hearts. Like, for instance, we have the right talk, but we have a tormented heart. Listen. When God is making you and I a promise, and he does it all throughout scripture, it is something that we must hope for and live out within our lives as though it has already taken place. Because whenever God speaks something and does something, you can bank on it, he's absolutely going to fulfill it. There should be no doubt within our minds. When God provides us a promise, and he does all throughout scripture, it is always certain. And we need to understand our thoughts need to be on the certainty of God and not on the I think or the tormented heart. We must understand first that my needs for my life and what God has defined my needs for my life may be completely different. Yeah. I need you to understand that. What you think is provision, God may have a different list for your life of what is provision, yeah. what is need, and what is a necessity. We need to understand that the distance between the promise of God and possessing those promises is what we actually know about God. The only way that we can understand what those promises or the needs that we are wanting met can only come from knowing truly who God is. Now, let's take a look in our scripture. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. <clears throat> it says, His divine power has given us everything. Now, let me help you out. Does everything include everything? Everything is not lacking something. It is not partial. It is not selective. It is all. But what I need you to understand is it goes on to say, everything what? We need. We need. We, we can focus on the word everything and we can almost forget about the we need part. Because we all have many things that we want God to provide in everything. We, we almost have like a wish list that we would love to present to God. I want you to know God only promises to provide what provision is defined as. He promises to provide those things of which are a necessity and a need within your life. He says we need for a what? Godly life through our knowledge of him. Again, here we go. The only way you can truly have that provision and that fulfillment within your life of the necessities and needs is by having a knowledge of who God is. Of him who are called 
us by his own glory and goodness. So God, in his vastness, looked at your life from front to back, from the beginning to the end, right? He has inventoried every single need that you would ever have within your life. Listen, your emotional needs, your relational needs, your physical needs, your spiritual needs. And the way that we can close the gap in all of these needs is having a greater knowledge of who God is and what he is trying to do in your life by knowing him more. Because the distance between your need and God's provision is that God is wanting you to draw closer to him. Now, let me help you out. My beautiful wife, Andrea, right? I met her October the 13th. Some of y'all can't even, some of y'all can't remember your anniversary. All right? I know when I met her. October the 13th, 2007. There, I finished it. I had to think a little bit more, right? No, I'm just kidding. 2007, right? And, you know, we dated for a period of time. And then when I, when I knew she, you know, she already knew that I was the one for her. I know that. But she had to convince me. Okay? And <laughs> it's probably the opposite, right? Somebody said, yeah. But I remember, you know, I've I, 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 fallen in love and, and, and infatuated with her and I want to spend the rest of my life with her and all these wonderful things. And so I go to Salisbury, I go to a jewelry store and I find the smallest diamond that I can afford. Did you, did you, hear, did you hear that? Smallest diamond. Anyway, okay. So anyway, so I go there and, 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 and to me, this is a massive purchase. So I buy this ring and, and you know, and a couple years later, she loses the diamond. It's okay. She found it again though just so she could get a new one. And um, so <laughs> the story's going off base. I'm, I gotta reel myself back in here, okay? So anyway, so, so you know, I, I have in my mind, you know what, I'm gonna ask her to marry me and, and all of these things. And so I go to her and, and, and I get down, you know, we're in Wisp, Maryland, right? Ski resort and it's one of them snowy days and I get down on my knee and I ask her to marry me. She says, yes which is the greatest decision she's ever made other than Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. And, but, but you know what? The key there to it all, though, from that moment on, our relationship then took another turn. It went from, you know, being cordial and, and, and learning to, to, to know each other to now we're, we're going to another level. And the only way that took place is simply by her acknowledging that she wanted to go to that next level. And we in our lives have to do the same thing when it comes with God. Many of us, we have a, a knowledge, we have an understanding of who he is, but he's inviting us and asking us, hey, listen, I want to give more into your life. I want to be more to your life. And I'm, I'm actually proposing that before you. And the only, only thing that you must do is be accepting and receiving of that. You see, every one of us has a need or provision that God has promised that he has, wants to fulfill and has everything already set aside of what is needed. You know, I, I, I was thinking about this week that we understand that even before we were ever created, God already knew us and he already knew every need that we would ever go through and already has every need answered even before we were ever existed. So when we're coming before the Lord petitioning in heaven and we know Jesus Christ is sitting where? At the right hand of God. He's not getting up going, oh Lord, what are we gonna do? He's going, I've already had this already answered for you. 
and provided for your life. The only thing that was needed is for you to get to know me more. So often the difference between I am certain and I think is our view of God. And it's my hope that you will think to yourself, you know what, I've worried about so much for absolutely no reason. So let's take a look. Point number one, you need to see the attributes of God. Like since the dawn of humanity, God's been studied and theologians, philosophers, a lot more people, a lot smarter than me have put together some names of God that define who he is. And one of those is this, God is omnipotent. What does that mean? He's all powerful. Let's take a look in Jeremiah 32 and 17. It says, ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing, say with that with me, say nothing is too hard for you. So in scripture, his power is described to us. And this was actually, when I was in West Virginia as a youth pastor, our uh, youth ministry was named this, and that's the word dunamis. And, and that is truly translated to us as a word of dynamite. So we know that God's power is explosive, right? Uh, it, it could explode in your relationships. It could explode in your business, your finances. God's power is restructure, like restructure our habits, restructure our attitudes. How about this? Restructuring our priorities. God's power, it can even flatten things like conflicts. Um, con God's power lifts. It's very lifting. Uh, looming depression can be lifted through God's power. God's power moves all things. He aligns us. He aligns our life into what his perfect plan, purpose, and will is. You see, he has power over wind, water, gravity, time, and space. Meaning that there is nothing going on in your life that is more powerful than who God is. So we know he's a God that is omnipotent, all-powerful, but we also know that he is omnipresent. What does that mean? He's everywhere. The best illustration that I can say about that is this. If we're living within the Earth's atmosphere, we have air all around us. Wherever you go, you cannot get away from the air. But the moment you leave the Earth's atmosphere, you leave the air. But you never leave God. God is everywhere at all times. The Psalms tells us that his presence and his glory are greater than the expanse of the universe. Psalms 8, 1 through 2 says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name, what? In all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies, the silence, the foe, and the avengers. So here's what you want to be. Here's where you currently are. And here's where you have been. You know, he is everywhere at all times. Where you have been, where you are, and where you are going to be. We know this, God is omniscient. He's all knowing. Nothing's ever taken God by surprise. Psalms 147.5, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has what? No limits. There's, so there's no limits and there's no stipulations with God. Social issues, financial markets, problems within your family, none of that limits God or the capacity of him to be able to move within your life. God's intellect is vast. It includes the past, the present, and the future. Now, we know this about God. God is incorruptible. 
What does that mean? He's pure. Um, he's perfect in all that he does. He is always focused on what is right for your life. Here's a couple of things he calls himself. And I, I say this one often. He, I'm this with him. He calls you the apple of his eye, right? Deuteronomy 32.10 says, In a desert land he found him in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as what? The apple of his eye. Um, he sings songs over you. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. You're his beloved. Deuteronomy 33, 12. Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long. And the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. He's a banner over your life, right? Song, Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse four. Let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. Um, how about this? He's working all things for the good. Romans 8 and 28. And we know this, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And then he's also declared no good thing will he withhold from your life. Psalm 84, 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk, who, who walks, whose walk is blameless. So God is looking out for you. Even if God wanted to have a bad thought about you, he can't. Why? Because he's pure. I love this one. God is immutable. He's unchanging. See, we are always changing. Think about this. You had a picture of yourself 10 years ago and you held it up to a mirror and you looked at yourself today, here's what you would see. Maybe a little bit more gray hair, right? Maybe, maybe um, more wrinkles. You would look older, okay? All of that changed. Let me help you out. God has never changed since day one. Never has he changed. He's never been irrelevant. God has always been dependable. See, the weather changes, seasons change, people change, but God never changes. He's the what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. One of the big purposes of, of prayer is not that we change the mind of God, is that our minds are changed. Is that we are then what? Aligned back into what his purpose, plan, and will is. It's an alignment process. So we know that God has an unchanging power about him. We know that there's a he has a presence. We know that there is a knowledge that we need to have, a love of God, that our faith should leap because of all that God is and does in our lives. All these things God is. Now we also need to know this. You need to see the Son of God. We know Jesus as a teacher. We know him as a healer. And we know him as a savior. And he is. But Jesus is also a picture of God's ability to provide in a very meticulous level in your life. For instance, the coming of the Messiah, the Savior. The world was prom this was promised to all of humanity. The moment after sin was first birthed. That there would be, what, a promise. That God would, who spoke through the prophets 
in the Old Testament outlining signs of the true Messiah and how they would be fulfilled. We see in Micah 5 and 2 the location of Christ's birth. We see in Isaiah chapter 7 and 14 that Christ would be born of a virgin. That's huge promise that was fulfilled. We see in Psalms 22 and 18 that the soldiers would gamble literally for the clothes of Christ. We see in Isaiah 53 and 9 that what? He was buried in a wealthy person's tomb. You know, there was a, um, a professor, a real renowned, his name is Peter Stoner, and he assembled a group to assess the probability of Jesus' fulfilling of, from these prophets. We know this, in the Old Testament, there were approximately 54 prophecies that outline the coming of the Messiah. And so this professor decided to take just eight of them that could be proven through birth records, death records, census, etc. So he took these, these eight um, prophecies to see if they could be fulfilled. And so as he's going through that, and he measured the probability of it, and here's what it came to be. In order for those prophecies to be filled of those eight, it, the, the odds of that happening be, would be one in 10 to the 17th power, All right? That's a one with so many stinking zeros behind it, right? Like I can't even explain what that looks like. However, he goes on to describe it this way. He says, imagine if you take the state of Texas and you take silver coins and you lay them out and cover the entire state side by side. You mark one with an X and then you take it and you go two feet deep of those silver coins. That's the chance that you would have if a blind person were to go in and find that one coin with an X on it in order to fulfill eight of those prophecies. We see that Jesus himself fulfilled all 54 of those prophecies. It's amazing to me. Here's what I learned about that, that God cares about the meticulous and the minute details of your life. That because God provided for your eternal need, which is salvation, you can trust him that he will provide so much more. Romans chapter eight, verse 32, says it this way. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, and won't he also give us everything else? You, we need to be reminded all that God is. We need, in order to truly understand the capacity of which he wants to provide for your life, we need to have a greater knowledge of him. You see, like for me and Andrea, we knew each other, but once we became married, our, our level of knowing one another grew deeper. And every day, it continues to grow. And that's how it needs to be when it comes to God. We need to be so dedicated to this relationship and so committed to this relationship with him that we're continually going after a deeper growth in him. All right, third thing, and last one. You need to see the track record of God. In the Old Testament, when God did something significant in people's lives, the recipients would then go ahead and they would build altars. An altar of uh, what would typically look like just like a pile of rocks. And the reason they did that is that every time they went by that altar, they were reminded of what God has done in their life. We, you need to be reminded of what God has done. 
Think about that. What has God accomplished in your life? You know, I have the privilege to be here, a part of this church. And every day I drive to this church, I'm reminded of God's promise. I'm reminded of what God has done in my life. Every day that I, I, I see my wife, I'm reminded. My children, I'm reminded. The friendships, I'm reminded of all that God has done. Why? Because I remember there was a time in my life that was an extremely dark season. To where I even questioned, God, what, did you even really call me to, 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 to be a part of ministry? Even, even a moment in my life where I didn't even want to be a part of it any longer. But as I continued to grow in my knowledge of God, he continued to provide. Yes. And I take every blessed moment and I look around and I go, that's an altar. That's an altar. That's an altar. This person's an altar. This relationship's an altar. This place is an altar. This season of my life is an altar. And the same goes for you. You need to be reminded of all that God has done. He's been faithful in your past. He's faithful right now. And he's going to remain faithful in your future. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to say this one statement. It's one thing to look at God's power and vastness. But when I look at my life, it amazes me to see God's consistent track record. I love to read in the Bible all that God has done. I love to hear your encouraging words of what God has done in your life. But one of the greatest things that ministers to me is when I take a, an inventory and I look back and I see all that God has done for me. What does it do? It provides provision. It excites me. It allows me to know that I serve an almighty God, the author and the creator of all things, that nothing can strip his love away from me, that he has a love that's so unconditional that it's offered freely to all humanity. And we know that because of this, the scripture, John 3, 16, for God, what so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching us online or listening to us through the radio and you don't know who this God is. You have not had a relationship with Jesus Christ. You feel tugging at your heart, at your spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God getting your attention, saying, I have a love for you that is matchless. I have a love for you that I have given to all of humanity and nothing compares to it. It's paid a price that you'll never be able to pay and it gives you a great hope and a future. I care for you. I wanna be the provider of your life. And if you're here today and you don't know who Jesus Christ is and you feel that leading of God's Holy Spirit saying today, this is the moment right now that I want you in your heart to pray this prayer with me. In fact, I want us all to pray this prayer together this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, today I come before you. I accept you, Lord, as my master and my savior. Forgive me of all of my sins. I repent of my lifestyle and I ask you, Lord, to align me 
into your perfect plan, purpose, and will for my life. From this day forward, I will live for you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. Now, you may be here today and you may be struggling. You've got some needs. You've got some things going on in your life. You've got some struggles, some things that are right, right there at the forefront. You know, I look back at what my little issue was this week, and I'm so thankful that in a, in very, so quickly things completely changed and turned around for me. And I give God all the glory for all of that. But I also realize that there's some people who are going through some real struggles. And you're needing God to do something. Sometimes what we expect God to do, He doesn't do. Sometimes He goes a whole different way about it. And we have, a, we have a hard time understanding that. But when we get to know God more, when we get to know God more closely and in an intimate level, guess what happens? Our thought process changes. We now begin to see through the eyes of God and not through our own eyes. And then we come to the spot where we go, Lord, you know what? You just do what you need to do. Because in all of this, God, I know that you are providing for me regardless. You're providing for my family, you're providing for me, you're providing for those friends that I'm praying about. Whatever it is, Lord, we give it over to you and we're asking you, Lord, move in it however you want to because regardless of how we think our future needs to be, God has the perfect plan for your future and never doubt that. I wanna pray with you this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. God, I thank you for every person here and watching us and listening to us this morning and Lord, there's people with a lot of things going on in their lives, a lot of needs, a lot of pressures, a lot of uncertainties and doubts, a lot of relationships mixed up, busted up, had a lot of health issues, a lot of financial problems, a lot of spiritual desperation. God, we just come before you today, Lord, and we, we, we do as the word of God tells us, we cast these cares unto you. And we ask, Lord, that you will provide according to your plan, purpose, and will for our lives. Lord, that we will grow in our knowledge and in our intimacy and in our closeness with you, God. And every day, Lord, you will continue to find, to find, Lord, over and over in our lives, how great, how majestic, and how powerful you truly are. So Father, we, we trust you, God. We give you, Lord, all of our lives and say, Lord, do with us as you please, God. Let your will be done. Father, we thank you and we praise your name. And in us, the psalmist said, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen. We love you guys. Have a great week.